0: Good morning and uh, welcome to Crosswood Online. And uh, what a great uh, opportunity it is for us to grow in confidence in the Lord as we look at his word, as we um, contemplate uh, the unique uh, character of our God. And uh, today we want to have a look at um, Psalm 23, an incredibly well-known psalm. In one sense, a a kind of a difficult psalm to preach on because it's so well-known and uh, one has such great fondness, uh, and it is so simple in one sense, and yet it has got profound depth uh, for us, uh, specifically in the times that we're living in. Uh, We are getting hopefully closer to the end of this coronavirus pandemic that has caused so much uh, uh, upheaval, confusion, uh, uncertainty uh, about life uh, and about the future, and about how will things work out uh, in the end. And uh, that's why uh, I take it in God's grace uh, we have the opportunity to have his word and to have a word about himself and his relationship with us, uh, for us this morning. And and specifically in this very short and very well-known Psalm Psalm 23 that follows from Psalm 22. And we will make one or two comments about that uh, and it even connects to the next psalm. Uh, the confidence of actually entering uh, into God's house. Uh, we will see a little bit of that. I hope we can pull all of those little things together. But I want to pray for us uh, and I want us to uh, then read the psalm and pick up on just how magnificent uh, this psalm is uh, for us uh, as we turn our eyes upon uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, discover his unique character and his unique way of of uh, Calling us uh, to walk with Him and to trust Him. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this uh, incredible opportunity for us to be quiet. So we do ask you, quiet in our hearts, Lord. You know our anxious thoughts, you know our concerns. Lord, they may be many, <clears throat> you know, um, things we are worried about for the future. And we pray that in the midst of all of this, you may enable us to turn our eyes and to look at the Lord Jesus Christ and to look at how you uh, represent yourself, uh, how you reveal yourself, uh, and why we can have confidence. And so we pray that our own hearts will um, become more confident in you, Uh, our own souls will long, Lord, to um, uh, walk with you. Our minds will understand the enormity of the wonder of why it is that we can uh, have confidence and that we will therefore uh, step out, Lord, into every day with uh, you as our king and as our shepherd and as our host. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read Psalm 23, very nice and short. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an incredible, short, punchy little psalm. There's so much to say about it. Psalm of David, again, uh, could be a psalm that David is spinning about his own personal walk with God. It could be uh, that he's speaking as the Messiah uh, and the perfect, wonderful, incredible, unique relationship that he had with God himself. Uh, He could be speaking about uh, the Messiah to come, the greater David, uh, who would have that same relationship and who would in one sense fulfill uh, every aspect of the psalm as we will see again. David himself was a shepherd. Uh, David uh, literally looked after sheep until God called him uh, and made him the shepherd of his people. So in 2 Samuel chapter 5, something we haven't got to yet in our study of Samuel, God says, and you will shepherd my people Israel. And you will be their shepherd. And what we discover in this psalm is that the psalm is really in one sense, fascinatingly, uh, all about the Lord. It starts with the Lord. Literally, the first word in the psalm is Yahweh, the Lord. Uh, the covenant-keeping God, the God who made a covenant with David and with Israel, and through them with the world. Uh, This is the Lord uh, who is the shepherd. And almost the last word in the psalm, again, is the Lord. And so he is really the bracket, uh, and he is really the foundation. And he's the framework within which the confidence and the joy and the the hope of this psalm kind of finds its real grounding. And so the Lord is my shepherd and that's what's so fascinating. So David being a shepherd uh, understands maybe something a little bit more about calling the Lord his shepherd than probably we do. As shepherds uh, had a unique job and when you re- look at the psalm and the first four verses really captures for us uh, most of what a shepherd was supposed to do and what shepherds did do in those days. Uh, and uh, it's often a little bit different from the way in we our shepherds work today, uh, but the Lord himself calls himself the shepherd. So shepherding in the Bible, and specifically in the Old Testament, is an indication of the royal king, uh, the one who is appointed to lead God's people, to shepherd them, to care for them, to provide for them, uh, to lead them, uh, and to protect them. Um, and that's what we will see in this psalm. I mean, almost every single word captures something of that great reality So, in the first four verses, we find this major uh, image of the shepherd who looks after the sheep. Now, uh, again, uh, when you think of sheep, uh, not the most brave, not the most intelligent, uh, not the most uh, resolute of animals, uh, easily scared, easily uh, led astray, easily um, uh, following their own heads, as the Bible tells us. Um, And uh, so, yes, Fantastically, when we call that the Lord is our shepherd, we also recognize that we are like sheep. And uh, uh, it takes a little bit of truthful, uh, humble uh, humility to identify yourself with the sheep uh, and to recognize that the wonder of a sheep is that its certainty uh, of its existence uh, lies actually in the goodness of its shepherd. Uh, And that's what this psalm is capturing. So David here, in one sense, recognizes To some degree, his own frailty, his own need, his own uh, 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 weakness. And here we find him saying in those first four verses, the Lord is my shepherd. And God himself tells us in Isaiah, actually in the book of comfort, which is fascinating, uh, in Psalm 23 he talks about, he comforts me, his rod right and his staff, they comfort me. In the book of comfort, the second part of the book of Isaiah, God says that, that he will shepherd his sheep. He will come in absolute power. He will come in absolute rule. And then what, funny enough, he will do for his sheep is that he will, take care of them. He will pick them up in his arms, he will hide them in his bosom, and he will gently lead those with the young. He will shepherd his people uh, like a shepherd shepherds them. And that's the great reality of our God. His unique character is that nowhere else will you find so much power and so much gentleness and so much care and so much provision, so much protection uh, than the idea of a shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. Says that he's my shepherd. Very personal, isn't it? I know this Lord personally, and he knows me. And so here you find in this first part, uh, the first four verses, the picture of a shepherd. But what is interesting, when you flip over to verses five and verse six, uh, the imagery changes slightly, and uh, most people don't always pick that up. But the image here is not that of a shepherd anymore, but now it's the image of a host a host who prepares a table of food, a feast, uh, and he does it in a very particular context. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, fascinating that here uh, someone is hosting a party and there are enemies looking on. Uh, and this, David says, The Lord is like a host, he um, provides and he protects. Uh, for me, which is fascinating, isn't it? Because in our culture, hosts are only those to throw parties. They're not really there to protect. But in the ancient world, a shepherd and a host had this incredible thing in common. They were both completely and utterly responsible for those in their care, to both provide and to protect them uh, from anything outside. Um, And fascinatingly, here he picks up that same imagery that the Lord is my shepherd, And the Lord is my host. Uh, The Lord is the one who provides for me. And the Lord is the one who guides me. And the Lord is the one who protects me. And as we will see in verse 6, he not only protects me and guides me, he pursues me. uh, And he actually ultimately adopts me uh, so that I may be in his house uh, forever and ever. What an incredible picture. And so those big themes run through this uh, little song. He makes me lie down in green passes. He leads me by quiet waters. Uh, here he uh, what sheep needs. Uh, they need something to eat and they need quiet waters, still waters, really. Uh, apparently sheep are easily startled, so they don't actually drink from streams that are running. You need to get a pond where the water is basically still and calm uh, or drink out of a trough. Uh, so sheep needs that kind of thing. And so here the gentleness of the shepherd knows that what they need and he brings them, he makes them lie down, very interestingly, uh, he is the one who provides, uh, he is the one who makes sure, he's willing, He's he's got means to make them lie down, To actually literally makes them stretch out, uh, It's actually what the language is, it's kind of nice, uh, relax sheep, uh, we've got a couple of rabbits at home every now and again after they've eaten and they literally stretch out and you see these beautiful little funny legs uh, uh, sticking out on both sides and they lie flat uh, on their sides or they're flat on their stomachs and uh, stretching out in the sun as they are completely uh, satisfied and provided for um, by specifically my wife. Um, And so this is what he says. He says, you make me stretch out in green pastures and you make me lie down in still waters. You actually allow me to go and lead me to these waters, you are very persistent and you are very aware of what you need to do, and you're doing it. And that, he says, refreshes my soul. And now he turns the imagery slightly. He's no longer sheep. Verse three really is all about being human. Uh, the refreshing of one's soul as you get rest again, as Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And if you follow me, you will have rest for your soul. That's really what he's talking about here. You will have refreshment for your soul. God wants our desire for life to be refreshed and he will provide for us what we need uh, to be refreshed, to get strength again for the next part of the journey. Um, And then he says, yeah, here's the journey. The journey of man is to be refreshed, to be to be satisfied, to be provided for, specifically, verse 3, he says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. He guides me in the wagon tracks, in the clear-cut pathways of righteousness. And that is what we need strength for, and when we get there, it strengthens us. Fascinating. God provides so that we may be ready for the road of righteousness, to bring all things to relate rightly to one another, us and God, first and foremost, we and the people we live with, and we and those who are a little bit further away, and yes, even ultimately we and the whole of creation. God wants to lead us in the path of righteousness. He wants things to relate rightly to one another so that we will love everything that he's given us, but never love them more than him. That he is the love of our lives and that when we love him and we know he is our provider and he is the one who leads us and he is the one who teaches us, as it says here, guides us literally into righteousness. God wants us to grow up into righteousness with him, with one another and with the world. That is what will restore our souls again. It's fascinating. He provides us on the journey and he will bring us to that place of absolute righteousness. God wants us to know what is righteous. Oh, how our world needs in a time like this when COVID has caused so much havoc, where there's so little righteousness, where everything is upside down. Uh, People don't trust one another. People don't don't, uh, care for one another. And sometimes they do. And it's wonderful, isn't it? path of righteousness. God leads us in the path of righteousness, but it's for his name's sake. It's never for us to love anything good more than we love God. That would be not good. I mean, it would not be righteous. Uh, Even if it's a good thing to love that more than God, uh, would be to be utterly, utterly confused because it's the Lord who's the shepherd who provides. It's the Lord who guides and it's the Lord who actually brings about the righteousness that he has laid out before us, given us opportunities, strength, to make straight what has gone crooked, and to be um, there uh, to provide when things are lacking, to make what is righteous. Fantastic word, isn't it, that God is calling us to. And then he says in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, for your rod and your staff they comfort me. And so here's a very realistic picture of life, isn't it? There are valleys of darkness. There are days of great darkness. We had probably had months of fairly amount of darkness and confusion and uncertainty. And yet here we are. Uh, it's been six months, plus minus, and, and and here we are. We're still here. God has provided us. Even through the darkest times, he says, God will provide. And we saw that last week, isn't it? Jesus is hanging on the cross. Um, and the Father has rejected him and cursed him. Mankind has derided him. He's not even human. And the whole animal demonic world has encircled him and has pierced his hands and his feet. Pretty dark moment in the life of the Messiah. Even in the most darkest thing, I will not fear, he says, because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Very interesting. A knopkiri, a rod, and a staff, a long stick with a kind of a hook on it. This is comfort. Fascinating. With the knopkiri, you protect. With the knopkiri, you discipline. And with the staff, you guide. And with the staff, you hook and draw close. As it already said, God will bring you into his bosom. The fact that God's Knobkiri can be used both to protect you, to clobber the enemy, but he also can discipline you, knock you a little bit, or he may use his staff to guide you and to push your head in the right direction or he will grab you with a hook and he will pull you away from disaster and from the deepest, darkest uh, uh, valleys and he will hold you close to himself. They are a great comfort. God is a God who protects, who disciplines, who guides and who pulls in because he wants you to be with him. He says, I will not fear because God is my shepherd. That's his nature. His nature is he uses all of his power for bringing about But I need to be refreshed, to be trained and to be taught to walk in righteousness. Um, even when it's dark, even when there's very few who walk in righteousness, who very very few who cares. God is the one who cares. He's the one who provides. What an incredible picture, isn't it? And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and I shall not fear. Two major statements, isn't it? If you know the Lord is your shepherd, you will lack nothing. Then nothing that you are experiencing will ever be able to overcome you and cut you off from his provision, guidance, enablement, protection. Nothing can separate you from him. And therefore, he says, I will fear nothing. I lack nothing, and I will fear nothing. Constantly, in the past, present, and the future, the language is so rich in this little psalm that he says, this is my reality. The Lord is my shepherd. Verse 5 and 6 then pick up as we've already known. He's my host. He's the one who prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He makes sure everybody sees that I am is, and he makes sure that he provides for me in abundance. He makes my head fat with oil, Uh, really the language of festivity. Uh, You know, when you eat like like nice uh, ribs, it's just grease all around you. Now, this is grease all over you. Literally, they took fat and put it all over your head uh, to say that you are the wonderful one. This is a festive time. And my cup overflows probably more. My cup is full to the brim, to the brink. Uh, It can't take no more. Uh, That's really what he's saying. God provides in the presence of enemies in abundance. God will not allow you to actually fall under the sway of his enemies. He is the one who will stand up for you. Incredible psalm, isn't it? And then look at verse, verse 6. I mean, it's such a fantastic word. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word surely, surely only, something even stronger than it. it's very exclusive. Surely only your goodness and your love is your chesed love, your covenant love, will not follow me. It's pretty weak. It will pursue me, will haunt me in one sense. It will seek me out. God has come. He is the great shepherd that comes and seeks out the lost sheep. That's the whole picture we find in the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? He is the host that comes and actually saves you. And then who? those who he saves, he provides a table, a feast, the feast of the lamb. In the presence of all the enemies, when you go and read uh, uh, Revelation 19, uh, in the midst of all the enemies of the world who hate God and who hate you, uh, there's a feast. And he is the one who invites you to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, Fascinating. He himself has provided everything that you need for life. Uh, He has really literally provided himself. He is the table, as we see in the Lord's prayer uh, and the Lord's supper. Uh, He is the table. He is the provision. Uh, in the face of enemies, uh, for those whom He loves, and therefore convinced that only goodness, only the goodness of God, that actually brings me into relationship with Him, uh, will pursue me. That He will He will come and seek me out, and uh, He will be the one who will provide for me. In that sense, and His Chesed love, His His love that can never fail. Uh, will actually be with me. And then he says, here's the result. The psalm really ends in this last little verse. It says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, He will bring me home. He will actually... So you can see the picture. He's the one who guides. He's the one who leads. He's the one who provides on the way. He's the one who protects. He's the one who actually helps you do the way, is the way of righteousness. He takes you on that path. Eventually, he's going to bring you to this great feast Um, That you are going to share and all the enemies of God is going to be and they're going to be astounded at the fact that God has made you uh, so clearly publicly his and he's going to feast with you. And they're going to look at it and they're going to they're going to miss out in one sense. Um, And he doesn't tell us who those enemies are. Um, Could be a number of things Could be sin, Satan, uh, death, uh, uh, all of those kind of things is involved. And I take it those who have sided with Satan rather than with God. And therefore, he's convinced that goodness and love will actually pursue him all the days of his life. And he will then live in the house of the Lord. There is a very strong, perfect verb. This is the reality. I will be adopted into the house of God. I will be part of his household from now on. Israel was adopted, Exodus 6, verse 7. I will take you, I will make you my people, says God. God takes the king in Psalm 2. Today you've become my son. He adopts the king of Israel, the Messiah, as his son. And now we are told here that we will be adopted uh, into the family. And in the New Testament, we pick up the actual word adoption uh, very strongly, that God adopts us. He doesn't only uh, save us. He doesn't only come and seek us like a shepherd. He doesn't only provide for us everything we need. Uh, He actually says that, yeah, I will adopt you. And that's what we find in John 10, isn't it? In the fullness of this psalm's fulfillment, Jesus says, I am not just the shepherd, but I'm the good shepherd. And here David says, I know God. And there Jesus says, I know you. I know my sheep and they know my voice. Just as I know the Father and the Father knows me, he says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Here is the provision that he gives. Jesus gives himself as the provision. As we've said, the table is set. He, The Lord's table is set. He sets the table. He pays the price. Psalm 22, he is rejected and he doesn't sin. He therefore has the right to invite you to his table because he has conquered and overcome all unrighteousness for you. What an incredible thing. Jesus is inviting us say, come. Uh, And the psalmist says, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my host. Uh, He is the one who actually provides, protects, leads, and adopts me into his family. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life. He says, I've got all authority to lay down my life and to take it up again. And therefore, I know my sheep and they listen to my voice. And then he hears these incredible words. No one will pluck them out of my hands. Nothing can separate you from the Lord who is the shepherd and the Lord who is the host because in both the shepherd and the host in those days had full responsibility for those under his care to provide, to lead, to protect, and to adopt. To bring home. Good shepherd brings home his sheep. No animal comes and steals them and kills them. That's what Jesus says. No one will snatch them out of my hand, and no one can snatch them out of the hand of my father, and he is even greater than me. What an incredible psalm. Can you see the confidence? Does, my prayer is that as you look at the character, the unique nature of God, as described in these two major images of shepherd and host, there are three statements of confidence that the psalmist have reached in the light of the revelation of God himself. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Statement. Here's the implications. I lack Nothing. Incredible to get up in the morning and to say, because the Lord is my shepherd and my host, I lack nothing. Nothing will stop me from the life that God has called me to in Christ Jesus. Nothing can overcome me, overrule me. The Lord determines my life. Second, I will fear no evil. No matter how dark it is, No matter how dark the future is. No matter how uncertain it is. He says, here's the one thing I know. I do not need to fear evil, bad, pain, suffering, lack. That's what the word is. The word for evil. The pain and the frustration and the suffering that comes. I don't have to fear that. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd. He says, Surely only goodness, God's goodness, God's goodness to bring about righteousness, God's goodness to bring about the fullness of life, God's goodness to change our characters, God's goodness to enable us to become like his son, and his chesed love, his undetermined, uh, unfailing, determined love, will actually pursue me all the days of my life. God will find me out. He will come and look for me in one sense just like he says, a good shepherd does. He leaves the 99 secure and he looks after the one who has gone lost. That's what God has done for us, isn't it? He's come to seek us and he's found us. And he's given himself and he's prepared the table. And so, surely his goodness and his covenant love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord. And no one will separate me from him forever. May God indeed grant you to experience the potency of this short, small, magnificent declaration of the uniqueness of the character of God. He's a shepherd and he's a host. And he will and has provided for us in Christ Jesus everything we need for life and for godliness. And through him, he has given us promises that tells us that we will share in his divine nature, in his house forever. And we will escape the corruption and the brokenness and the pain of the reality of this life as Jesus Christ comes again. May your confidence be in him. May your joy be in him. May your hope be in him. May he be your hope, your confidence and your joy. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this incredible word from you, a word that is designed for our hearts and our souls and our minds and our, even our bodies, Lord. Oh, how amazing it is to know and to understand when we close our eyes and we imagine what your face must look like when you look at us, knowing everything about this psalm, listening to your voice, what would you say to us, Lord? Come, follow me, trust me, I walk in front, I've walked in front, I've laid down the path, i've been down this road i've crossed this bridge i've gone through the darkest valley there is nothing that i'm calling you to follow me that i have not walked myself oh lord help us to see it help us to almost smell it and taste it and hear every single word that comes from your mouth through your son when he says i am the good shepherd i lay down my life for my sheep I know them and they know me and they listen to my voice and no one will ever pluck them out of my hand. Lord, we pray that for every one of us, that you may indeed grant us the assurance and the joy as we look on the Lord Jesus Christ as our good shepherd, our ultimate host, the one who has identified himself with us and is not ashamed to identify himself with us, even though we are shameful. Thank you that He has done and provided everything and has adopted us to spend our eternity with Him. To you belong praise and glory and thanks in the reality of the uncertainties of our world and our lives. We thank you that you are the one constant Great Shepherd and Great Host of our souls. To you belong glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. My prayers that God has indeed uh, fed your heart like a shepherd and that he has enabled you to taste something of the banquet, of the wedding feast of the Lamb as we look on his Son and everything that he's given us. May that calm your heart, may that strengthen you, may it give you confidence that he is the shepherd and he is the host. So Thank you for listening. Have a great week and we hope to see you next week.